That goes before my sermon. Welcome to the night three six five outreach evening service. We are collecting for the Voice of Hope Pregnancy and Family Center. That is a um that is in the donate in the donation baby bottle. And if you donate, you'll be providing pregnancy testing, ultrasounds, and family education. Movie night, May 16th at 6.30 p.m. The War Room with Priscilla Shire. Priscilla Shire is one of the main characters in that. And we will- That's this Tuesday. This Tuesday here. And- 6.30. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's called The War Room. Popcorn and snacks provided. First Fridays in the Cyrus, we already had our first first Friday. Um, we have some pictures of what we do. So we'll have a stand in front of Shine's Art Park where we um, give out little goodies and face painting for free and there's a bunch of other booths set up over around the Cyrus. National Night Out, August 1st. Support your local local law enforcement and emergency personnel. The band may come up for worship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be here tonight. Amen. There's nothing impossible with our God. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for this blessed evening again. Gathered together in your name, Lord. Let's pray that you would be blessed as we offer these offerings from our lips, Lord. And that you would inhabit them, Lord. We would know your presence tonight. Lord, that we would have hearts receive everything that you want to do and say to us tonight through your word. Just pray your anointing upon everything that's said and done tonight, Lord God, that we glory to your name, that draw souls unto you. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
evangelist who has ever lived. If you ever heard this guy talk back in the day, he still talks today about uh, faith, about Jesus, about uh, what's that? No. He does have initials in his name. Go ahead, Ray. Fire it up. Can I keep talking? All right. So yeah, if you ever get a chance, you want to gonna want to look up some of the old clips of him talking. Cue sound and action. Well, you couldn't be more than five. You're so fat, they have to jack you up to take off your shoes. Yeah, well, you're so skinny, your eyes are in single file. But you're so Ugly, your ears stick out to get away from your face. Well, your mama is oh, so... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring in what's loving to this. She ain't here. It wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. So remember, when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world. Thank <laughs> you. 
message but I don't I hope Mr. T would bring that message so he grew up very poor and as you know he was well, I don't know if you know this but he was a bouncer at, at bars out there in, in California and around LA he got noticed and uh that's how he got put in the Rocky movie and he got his fame and he's on the A-team then but I've seen him on programs back in the day and he's talking about because he would go to the homeless out in LA and he would go and minister to them and take stuff to them and I remember him talking about, you know, the church ain't doing what it's supposed to be doing, going out there. And he'd say, if a drug addict and a prostitute can't go to church, where can they go? He'd be talking like that. That's true. If a drug dealer, uh, a drug addict, and a prostitute can't go to church, which is a spiritual hospital, where can they go? So the church has got to pick up, uh, do its part to reach souls at every level, no matter what. Come from a rich family and you think you got it all figured out you don't get it all figured out without jesus okay so the, the word up here if you guys cheated and looked down in the sermon notes there you would see it maddie tell them what the word is maddie tell them what the word if you want to do this you better pronounce it right i'm telling you incomprehensibility whoa that's like seven syllables thank you we're talking tonight about the incomprehensibility of god a God should blow your mind. If you've got God figured out, he wouldn't be God. If God doesn't blow your mind, he's not God. We're going to talk about the incomprehensibility. We can't comprehend God. Here's what I want you to feel, or here's what I want you to think. I want you to picture yourself. If you can close your eyes if you want. It's 75, 80 degrees. It's not humid out. You're, the, the water on the ocean is crystal blue. That's a song by Tommy James. Persuasion. And you're in a hammock. And you're not exerting any effort whatsoever. You're just in a hammock chilling. Okay? That was a song about the ocean. Crystal blue persuasion actually comes from a Bible verse, I think he had. But uh, now I want you to picture you guys in a hammock in that, 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 that situation. Stress-free. No cares in the world, and that effortless laying in a hammock, okay? Then I want you to juxtapose that to the eternal, almighty God. 
of everything, of the universe, of it all. Now, I want you to picture this. He's eternal. He has always been, okay? He always will be. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present. He's got all these attributes uh, that only a divine uh, being would have. We're not going to go into the attributes of God. But I want you to picture that God. Now, I want to picture us because we got uh, stuff that has to work in our bodies, right? Like uh, we got to breathe and we got our blood's got to go and circulate. And we got lungs that pump and we got a heart that pumps and all that's taking place. We're not making any effort to do that, right? God put this all in place, right? So he, it says that Jesus holds all things together, right? So all things means everything. God has the is holding it all together. Everybody here, all the systems of nature in the universe, all the seasons, the oceans can only go the way it can go so far, and this happens, and this happens when you plant something, the law of reaping and sowing. That's also a spiritual law, by the way, not just a physical harvest law. And uh, the universe and all the planets and all the stars. And it says he knows the stars by name, right? Okay, so he knows all the stars by name because he named them. He's got all these systems and all these things work in the universe at that big level, big giant level. And then there's just the, the micro level. Joe can tell you about what's going on under the, the dirt and the worms and the bugs and all the uh, good nutrients and all that stuff that you put something in, it dies and then grows and then we eat it. All these things, right? And then we pray to God. And there's gazillions of people praying to God at the same time. And he's not like at the BMV, take a number and bring it up and uh, you're next. He's handling all these prayers that are coming up at the same time. He's running everything. He's got the devil. And you know what? The devil's loose. And he could just be like this and the devil would be gone. But he allows his believers, his children to be in this spiritual battle. And he says, you know what? We're going to fight evil and you're going to be on my side and you're going to be waging war and I'm going to equip you with my spirit and I'm going to equip you with gifts and I'm going to give you armament and weaponry, which is this, the word of God is our, our sword. And he's got all this going on and doing all this stuff. And it is easier for him to do all that. It takes less effort for him to do that than for us to just lay in a hammock. Do you believe that? Do you believe it takes less effort for God to do all that? He's an infinite being. Try to think about knowing everything in the future and everything in the past and all the plans. It says he has a purpose for your life and that he directs your steps. So he's directing a lot of people's steps. He's working out plans in people's lives. And it's just all this stuff going on. And it's equally effortless to him as us. In a hammock. Yes, Joel. In the beginning, God said. In the, all creation leapt into existence at his voice. And he didn't even have to do that. He didn't have to slap his finger. He just could will it with his mind. However that the mind of God looks like. So, when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When Jesus says... Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. This incomprehensible God, who we can't get our minds around, and we'll talk about the reasons why, yet wants a personal relationship with us. You think, why? Well, you know what? I, this incomprehensible, eternal spirit, you know, I want to be able to know him. 
I want to know what's his knowability. Can I know this eternal being? Because we are but dust, a mist, here today, gone tomorrow. And that's why so many people say, here today, gone tomorrow, I better get as much as I can. And you know what people grab for when they're operating on lusts and desires of the flesh? They get whatever satisfies their senses, their physical nature, whatever it is, fill in the blank, okay? But listen, people say, I want to be able to know, I want to be able to, the knowability of God. You know, God became one of us. And when God was walking on this earth in the flesh as Jesus of Nazareth, you could see God. You could touch God. You, they heard God. The senses, we could recognize. We, it says that he came to his own and they knew him not. So not everybody had the spiritual eyes to recognize Jesus. But to the ones who did, they became sons of God. So we're going to talk about this incomprehensible God that a lot of people like to keep God in here. I got God right where because he's done that for other people, but he can't do that for me. So I keep him here in this box. You're containing the eternal, all-powerful God of all the universe. You're, you're limiting him by putting him in a box. Yeah, you don't know what I've done, my past. I'm going to put him in a box and say that cross covers everybody else, but not me. I've had guys, I've worked with guys who said, yeah, 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 I know that story of the cross and the gospel, but I'm hell, I'm going to hell, and I know it. I go, okay, that might be very well and true, but that doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all, because you can always hellbound go, I'm going this way. I'm going to God. I'm sick of running from him. So let's talk a little bit about, I want the anchor verse is going to be Psalm 145.3. Because this is what the Bible says about God's incomprehensibility. It says, uh, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I don't know what translation that is. I'm going to read it out of the ESV. It says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Job, in the midst of, of, of being stricken with this uh, calamity of health and, and losing his family and his livestock and his money. Job in 26, 14 says, these are just the beginning of all that he does. Merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? Job is saying, look, man, what you've seen is nothing. You're seeing a slice of who God is. Who can comprehend the thunder of his power? And here's what Isaiah says, a very famous verse in 55, 8 and 9. Isaiah says, now listen, before this is a guy, Isaiah, who saw God on the throne. He says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and he fell on the ground like a dead man. People's response to seeing God is falling on the ground like a dead man. He says, woe is me. I have become undone. Because I am from people, unclean lips, and I have unclean lips, and we're unclean people, and so am I. And here's God showing himself. And he says, there's angels that were flying that had six wings, and they covered their face, and they covered their, their feet. And with the other two, they flew, and they said, holy, holy, holy. That, that's what they said. 
about God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Not cool, cool, cool. Not grace, grace, grace. Holy, holy. Job, that word undone is to picture like a watch just exploding and coming apart. Like springs and gadgets and gizmos and, and, and gears all just coming apart. That's what he means. Like his whole being was being ripped apart, he felt, in the presence of God. So here, this same Isaiah is saying here in 55, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. He's a prophet. Thus says the Lord. He's speaking on behalf of God. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So God is incomprehensible, okay? We cannot comprehend the totality of God. Scripture teaches us we can have a real and personal relationship with God. I want you to chew on that for a second. Get back in your hammock. We're going to flesh these out. I want to pray here before we go any further. Father, thank you for... Uh, not being a long-distance God, a out-of-touch God, a God that we can't uh, communicate with, a God who is not tangible. Thank you for being an up-close and personal God, a present help in the time of trouble, a friend. But you know what? Even when we're running from you, Lord, you don't run from us. When we, when we shy away, you don't. Help us to see the love that has you in the scene, in the picture, in the now, the love you have for us. So much so that you sent your only son to die for us. Help us to understand that we can be your children through faith in Jesus Christ. In all glory to you, in Jesus' name, amen. So scripture teaches us we can have a real and personal relationship with God. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come unto me. It says in Revelation, whosoever comes, comes, whosoever will come. Come, not whosoever I have predestined and chosen, and it's by my secret decree that uh, uh, unless you uh, are an elect person, and uh, if not, then you can't be saved. And uh, I've already set in stone who's going to be saved. And he says, whosoever will, come. Whosoever will, come. So this is a God who wants relationship. This God who we can't understand, who blows our mind, Scripture also teaches that God is ultimately incomprehensible to us. So we can have a personal relationship with God, and yet at the same time, he's incomprehensible. Here's something I know, but I don't know to what extent. I know in heaven, we'll be able to comprehend God a little more, I believe. But I don't know how much he's going to reveal. I don't know how much, because you know why? Because sin affects our comprehension of God. We have, we have a broken, uh, fallen nature. We're going to see going ahead, ahead that, that that affects our ableness to comprehend God. So why is God incomprehensible? Did anybody get the word? I, I didn't take time to scramble it. I just wrote it backwards. So, uh, well, I got that giant chocolate bar in the back. That was going to be a prize, so I guess I'll have to just eat it myself. So, God, why is God incomprehensible? First, number one, God is infinite, and we are finite. So we are limited. We are on this earth. You know what? There may have been a time where we would have been infinite. Adam and Eve were in a spiritual state 
uh, of a re in relationship with God until they sinned. They became finite creatures that would see death and that would see hell, if not for God intervening and forgiving them through blood and death of those sacrificial animals. So God is infinite. An infinite mind can understand a finite mind. You know, I listen to some of these people on the radio and some people on, on TV or YouTube or whatever, and you go, wow, like Elon Musk, like you listen to him talk, and he's got all these great uh, companies out there that he's doing and whatnot, and he's doing all this stuff, and you listen to him talk, and he's like, and I'm like, man, I am so dumb. Right? This guy's like, or like Ben Shapiro, a Jewish guy. Uh, he talks, it's like, this guy's IQ, he talks like a mile a minute, just so fast. And he just shreds people and their arguments. And it's like, wow, this guy is like so intelligent. And you look at that, that doesn't compare, or that does that pales in comparison to God and us. So we are not even on close to being on the same plane. So the finite will never understand the infinite. Never. That's just a, a gap that cannot be uh, breached. So that's one. God is infinite and we are finite. That's why we cannot comprehend God. He is incomprehensible. Two, the perfect unity of God's attributes is far beyond the realm of human experience. Okay? We're here, fallen creatures, but believers are saved by faith in Christ. Through grace, we are reborn spiritually. Now we are spiritually alive. But we don't understand how what having all knowledge means. Not being smart, not being very knowledgeable. God has all knowledge. All knowledge. Do you guys know that he has all power? All knowing, he knows everything. That's the knowledge. He's all present. There's nowhere that's out of his sight, out of his visibility, out of his presence. These are things we can't get our heads around. He's incomprehensible. His attributes are beyond the realm of human experience. And the effect, number three, the effects of sin on our fallen minds. So our minds, we have a fallen nature due to sin. And we cannot comprehend the sinless, holy, righteous, eternal God. In our fallen state so I don't know what the degree will be recognizing or being able to comprehend God more in eternity but I'm sure not having the sin in us anymore we're not gonna carry any sin into heaven so in that state of being sinless maybe God will be more comprehensible to us and number four basically God has chosen not to reveal some things guess what that's called his prerogative. He can do it. Kathy, last night, we had a speaker named Kathy Balliot, and I've known her for about a decade, but she is such a warrior for the kingdom of God. And when she gives donates the pillows and stuff, we take them to the homeless people, and some of you guys have them. Last time I was over there, she was just talking about these experiences she said with God. And I'm just like awestruck. Like, uh, wow. And I stepped back and I was thinking, you know, people really need to hear this. But I was also thinking, you too, me too, us too, could walk in that same Holy Spirit power where you can't be 
shaken. Your faith can't be shaken by nothing. She steps up to the plate as a child of God, knowing it and operating in that faith. And that's where God wants us, where you can hear God better, see God better, feel God more. Because it says that you draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So picture a triangle, okay? Or picture a tetherball on a pole. That tetherball is connected to God by that rope, right? That ball has that rope that connects it to God. So you have a relationship. You're the ball, and you're connected by the Holy Spirit, that rope, to God. Okay, that pole. God's a pole. You can have a relationship where you're pretty far out here, or you can be wound all the way up around the pole where you have a really close relationship. That's what God wants. That's what sanctification is called. God is changing you through the Holy Spirit to look more like Jesus. That's the walk. So the more you walk with Christ, the more you become like Christ. And you get closer to God. And when you're that close to God, you can move mountains. You can walk on water. These are spiritual things I'm talking about. Moving mountains means, you know, what other people say is impossible, you can do with God. The seemingly impossible is done by faith in God, where you're slaying giants, cutting off heads of giants, holding giants' heads up, and going, oh! Do you know David did that? Do you know he cut off the giant's head after that? And as it's not biblical, but I know you got to say something when you hold a head up. When you just defeated your foe, I know you're going to say something, a war cry or something. He might have just been humble and just walked away. But So there's the reasons why God is incomprehensible. Like I said, the fourth one was God has chosen not to reveal some things. In heaven, with the effects of sin no longer ravaging our mind, perhaps we will be able to comprehend God more. So ask yourself. What is my dutiful response to God in light of his incomprehensibility? Your dutiful response to God in light of his incomprehensibility should be a heart of wonder and awe. Okay? There's the almighty God, and people will either put him in a box or they'll reject him wholesale. We'll get into that in a minute. So why do we put God in a box? Why do we do that? Rachel, uh, she helps me out in the faith area sometimes, and I'm getting better. But like when I, has anybody ever seen like how the Muppets run? Now imagine a Muppet with his head on fire, running around. That's sometimes when something happens, like if our car goes out. Are you kidding me? Our car, we're down a car. What are we gonna do? We don't have the money to get a car. How are we gonna get to work? I know your mother's not gonna let us borrow a car. Fear. I just made that up. What? Fear? Yeah. And I'm making up all these excuses and then I'm putting God in a box and saying, God, this situation is different. We don't have any money, God. Okay? Does God need money to get us a car? Can I tell you something? Before I became a pastor, I worked at a restaurant. Rachel was pregnant, right? 
And after I, I see God put me in timeout for a couple years because I was uh, not obeying police and, and his laws. So I went away for a little bit, but I gave my life to Christ in prison. And when I got out, the only thing I wanted to do, I didn't want to do anything else but proclaim the gospel of Christ. I got these jobs, okay? So I'm working at the weld shop. And Rachel got pregnant with Madeline. So she had to quit her job at the hospital. So I got a job at this restaurant at night. So I'd leave work, the weld shop, and I'd go to this restaurant in Upper Sandusky, which is no longer there, called Woody's. And I'd wait tables at night, okay? So these guys, my, these guys, I mean, my mother-in-law and wife kept harping me. But you should go become a pastor. I'm like, yeah, no. You should go do something about pre preaching. It's like, no, that's not, that's not it. I'll find something to do. So I'm waiting tables one night, right? And at the end of this meal, I'm getting dishes out, out of there because we didn't have bus boys. You had to pre-bus your own table. So I'm getting dishes out of there and stuff. And this guy goes, hey, come here. And he gives me his business card and he goes, I am a, I'm a president of a seminary in Finley. I want you to come see me. Okay. I'm a president of a seminary, which is a theological school, which trains pastors. He says, I want you to come see me out of the blue. Okay. Then I, I told my wife in passing and mother-in-law and you're like, what? You don't think that's a sign? It's like, ah, all right, I'll go see him. So I go see him, and I, he's like, hey, you know, we got programs here. So you can become a pastor. And I was telling him, you know what? And my mother-in-law and wife have been talking about this and about that. And I was like, yeah, I can get in because I'm a felon. He's like, really? He's like, because I just changed that rule in our program to allow felons in. He's like, I'm so ashamed that I had that, that, that rule was in here to begin with. Says I've been president for a long time, and I, I just changed that rule. I should have changed it a lot sooner. I'm like, what? So he just changed that rule. So that's another like God just opening these doors. I'm gonna be. There's no way I'm gonna be able to go to school, work a full time job, and uh, I have to get a part time job because Rachel's not working. So there's no way I can do this. And then one day the farmer across the field comes over and says, "Hey, you need a job? Part time job?" And I was like, ooh. It's like, I don't know much about farming, but I'll give her a try. He's like, no, no, our church is, is trying to hire a youth pastor. And I was like, what? He's like, I heard you're like in school now or something. So then that door opened up. So now I'm a youth pastor, associate pastor at this church, opening all these doors. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get off work. They got a point system. Uh, you come in, you do your job, and you go. If you're not going to do it, somebody else will. And then the owner of the company says, yeah, he can go. What am I going to say? No to God? This guy's going to be a preacher? Yeah, he can change his hours, whatever he needs to make it happen. So they work with me. And all these doors are opening up. So I look back now and I go, "What? I'm being honest with you. 50, just 15 years ago, if you would have said, Brian, I got a prophetic word for you from God. You're going to be the first person to colonize Mars. Or you're going to be a president of these United States one day. Or you're going to be a pastor one day. I would have said, I'm going to Mars. Yeah, I'm going to Mars. Or a president. I was like, I can do that. Get your meals all made for you. Get to make long speeches. You can do that now. 
Okay. Okay. She does clean me up. So that was God moving in my life. Moving when I was still doing stupid stuff. Moving when I was still being a knucklehead. Moving when I was still falling to sin. Not jumping on me and pouncing on me and stomping on me and said, just look at you. I knew where you were going to mess up again. That's not what God does. You know what he does? He says, come here. We're going to do this. Not you're going to do this. Not I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. That's what God does. He's a merciful God. He's a, a God that wants you redeemed and living in resurrection power. He gives you his very own spirit to accomplish his goal. That is going to make a difference. So why do we put God in a box? I said, no, I'm not going to be bad. No, we're not. How am I going to get to work? Nobody goes that way. Nobody's going to take me to work. We got one car. And then somehow, some way, God works it out. Okay, he does it. I don't know how he does it. But if we trust in him, we draw close to him. Because if you're being a rebel against him, I told you the story of the surrender. And this is not just at World War, at the end of World War II. This has been surrenders throughout history. MacArthur might have got this from another person. Where the, the one side is coming to surrender, and the other side says, no, your sword first, and then my hand. You're not going to shake the hand of the person you're surrendering to while you still have your sword. Sword first, MacArthur told the admiral from Japan. First your sword, and then I can shake your hand. That's the same way with God. Don't be in opposition and rebellion against me. Don't be an enemy combatant of my kingdom. Expect anything from me. Surrender. That's our lives, our wills, to God's will. Let me read you a quote from A.W. Tozer. So I was listening to The Knowledge of the Holy last night. This is an amazing, amazing book by A.W. Tozer. And I probably read it and audiobooked it like 50 times. No joke. Here's what he says. There cannot be two unlimited substances in the universe. It would take away God's sovereignty. If there's two unlimited substances in the world or in the universe, it would take away God's sovereignty. There cannot be two absolutely free beings because sooner or later these two free wills will collide. When we give our lives to Christ, we are laying down our will. When you are rebelling against Christ and God's kingdom, you're operating in your will. You're a free will, but you're going to collide with God. Because there cannot be two, like he says, absolutely free beings. Because sooner or later, these two free wills will collide. And you're going to collide if you are outside of Christ, outside of forgiveness, outside of being a child of God through a rebirth by faith in Jesus Christ. On judgment day, your will is going to collide with God's will. And guess who wins? God's will. Jesus said, pray like this, your kingdom come, God. Your will be done. we got to lay our wills down. So that's what it's all about. But Jesus says, come unto me, all you labor who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So your soul can have that rest. You can be in that hammock on that beach. Your soul can. You can have that rest, have that peace in Christ. But you got to surrender your life to him. So in closing, the band can come up. Yes, we serve a God who is incomprehensible. And that's the way you want your God. 
incomprehensible. But at the same time, Scripture teaches us we can have a real and personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> stand. Since Jesus came, we can turn our eyes upon Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah.
everybody yep. take some love out into this world you know it needs it we get that love from jesus so take it out do his power to his glory amen, amen. Uh, the kids have some stuff out here for the women for mother's day and if you don't have biological children you can all be good spiritual mothers spiritual mothers it sounded like something was behind me but it's a speaker <laughs> <laughs> we can all be yes yeah, spiritual mothers to other people so um it's 